the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Welcome to another episode of No Buts About It. It is Wednesday, September 20th. I am here in my dining room in Indiana. Chuss is in his basement in Pittsburgh, PA. We are going to talk about the Pittsburgh, PA Steelers here in a moment. But first, I feel that there are some stories going around the NFL that while I do not know a lot of information, and Chuss does not have a lot of information because nobody has a lot of information, I would be remiss if we did not mention them. But I don't think we should discuss them at this point because I don't want to add to the confusion, but I want people to be made aware of it or uh, be so they can pray or do whatever they want with the information. So the first one was... At the Sunday night game, Patriots versus Dolphins, a Patriots fan was punched by a Dolphins fan in a fight, and he was killed. Uh, I believe he was punched, and then he fell and hit his head, and that's how he died. There were a lot of fights around the NFL. There was a Bengals fan who got headbutted by another drunk Bengals fan, too. So um, if you're going to these games, just don't be stupid. Be, And if you can't handle your alcohol, don't drink in public, you know. Or yeah, at all. That, I was going to say, yeah. I, uh, mean, I feel like a lot of these fights are instigated by alcohol. But I, obviously, we don't know if this was alcohol-related. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, if that is the case, yeah, guys, you really just need to chill out. I mean, it is a football game, but mm-hmm. remember, in the end, it really isn't that deep. Your team right. will get there. I uh, did see that someone has started a GoFundMe for the family of the Patriots fan who passed away. So you can go check that out. I think it is official, but I don't want to um, link it or anything just in case it isn't. Uh, The other thing is this has been going on for a while, and I've been hesitant to even talk about it just because it's such a weird situation. Sergio Brown, they found his mom. He's a former NFL player. They found his mom in, like, a creek, and they've determined that the manner of her death was homicide. And they haven't been able to find Sergio Brown. This is also under investigation because he posted on his Instagram like a day or two ago a bunch of videos of him acting just not mentally well. Um, It seems like he is the number one suspect in the case, but he's very clearly not well. Um, His mom has passed away now. So uh, prayers for that family and prayers that they can figure out that situation. Then another situation that is just really weird, Um, Chandler Jones, he was signed to the Raiders in the offseason, one of the better pass rushers in the NFL, and now he isn't playing for them. 
he's been put on their non-football related illness list and uh he's been making some accusations against the Raiders organization on his Instagram uh all all sorts of not good stuff and uh I don't know what's going on there either. The Raiders did come out and say though that like they're they want to work with him and make sure he's getting the help that he needs. So this could be another mental illness situation. So there were just those three stories. I wanted to acknowledge them before we got started. Um, you can go research them more yourself if any of them were things that interested you. I just didn't feel comfortable kind of throwing out what is out there because half of it's true, half of it isn't, and who knows what the difference is. So uh, those are the three big kind of sad stories. But now we're going to move on from the sad stories to less sad stories. Monday Night Football, we've got uh, your Steelers were able to pull it off. Um, You weren't sure at the last episode that the Steelers were going to be able to beat the uh, Cleveland Browns, and I've seen some people saying that the Browns would have won if Nick Chubb hadn't gotten hurt, which that's another thing. Uh, prayers out for Nick Chubb. Um, I've released a video talking about the injury and what I thought about the Minka hit. Um, that's this week's water cooler analysis. You can go check that out. Uh, Chas, what did you think of the game, though? Um, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It might have been one of the worst freaking football games i've ever watched i mean there i mean like that was actually a full game i mean there's been a lot of situations i mean probably the worst football game that i ever witnessed definitely was still the demar hamlin one back in uh january but i mean when it comes to just it was such a long game i mean the game didn't end until like 11 45 just because there were so many delays and so many stoppages um, a lot of people that i asked always just that were watching the game whether they were a browns fan because i was talking to some cleveland browns fans during it um, there were some Steelers fans that I was talking to as well. Um, everybody just kind of said it was a very odd game. I mean, my, like, I mean, on top of like all the injuries, it was just a lot of like just weird occurrences. Um, it was just a very, very strange game. I mean, obviously you had the Nick Chubb injury, and I know the video has surfaced well through uh, X and probably on YouTube. It is not a good injury it looks a lot similar to the one that he had back in i believe 2015 where it was very very similar so very scary very eerie um prayers go out to him Uh, apparently the steelers fans were chaining chubb's name as he was carted off the field which all due respect you know i always trash steelers fans but they showed a lot of class there on monday night football so i really appreciate them for actually you know stepping up to the plate and not like cheering or anything like Mm -hmm. that which i hoped not but i'm very thankful for that um you know, it's it's scary. Um, there was a lot of injuries, you know, on Monday Night Football. I was going to say last night, but it's Wednesday as we're recording this. But for Monday Night Football, I mean, um, Minka also did not return to the game. There was a lot of people limping. Miles Garrett limped at one point. Sean Watson was limping at one point. You know, there was just a lot of players that were hurt. They were on the sideline. A lot of injury timeouts, and, and the list just keeps going on and on. A lot of these players ended up being okay, but it just was very – you know, concerning when all these players are getting hurt and limping and, you know, in this game that, you know, is only week two. And, you know, a lot of these teams have a lot of hope and a lot of promise for, you know, the next 15, 16 weeks. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a really tough game to watch for a lot of Browns fans and as well Steelers fans. Now I do agree. I do think the, uh, the pace of the game would have changed had Nick Chubb would have not gotten hurt. Unfortunately, it was a 
tough situation. Obviously, I don't think Minka's hip was dirty. I know I might seem, you know, biased towards that because I'm a Steelers fan, but I mean, I, I don't really, I think he was just trying to make the tackle and I think it just landed very poorly and just happened to happen the way that it did. Um, once again, I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was anything like that, um, but still nonetheless scary. Um, obviously, uh, the pace of the game changed a lot when that happened. Uh, Steelers were able to gain some sort of lead, but it was a very interesting game because the points were also very, very weird. It was a 26-22 20, win for the Steelers on a scoop six by TJ Watt. And, I mean, even at one point, it was 11-10. Um, Cleveland was winning. Um, it was just very, very weird game. I mean, I, I think um, there is a lot of questions to be asked from, like, a Steelers standpoint about the offense. You know, obviously, I think, you know, Kenny can be doing a lot better than he is. Um, obviously, we have some injuries on offense with Deontay Johnson. You know, there's Najee Harris isn't doing a whole lot, but Jalen Warren is kind of stepping up a little bit. So maybe he'll be that new running back one that they'll lean on a little bit more. Who knows? I mean, Najee isn't really looking like himself since, you know, his rookie season. You know, I mean, there's just been a lot of, you know, just struggling with him, you know, just trying to get the ball upfield. Um, I don't know if that's the O-line. I don't know if that's just the play calling, but there's just a lot of issues happening. And it really does say a lot when the defense scored more points than the offense did. So it does kind of, you know, put it into a little bit of a perspective here. So I, I, it makes me wonder about the offense. So Yeah, but. so um, looking at that game, one of your concerns going into Monday Night Football was the defense because of Cam Hayward's injury. I thought the defense was the best part. The Steelers' defense was the best part of the game uh, as yeah. a whole. I mean, T.J. Watt obviously stepped up. Uh, the first play of the game was a pick six. Um, that kind of just Highsmith was right place, right time. It wasn't necessarily a bad throw that Deshaun made. It was He just led Harrison Bryant a little too much. Um, I thought the defense for the Steelers looked really well, especially uh, considering – in week one, they got just absolutely mauled by the San Francisco 49ers. Did you kind of like what you saw on the Steelers' defense? Yeah, I mean, they made they stepped up real big. I mean, obviously, there were points where I was getting really frustrated, um, like whenever Deshaun Watson would, you know, scramble and get that first down, or it would be third down. I know after they played Renegade going into the fourth quarter, they were on, like, the one-yard line, and they managed – and Deshaun Watson managed to throw a ball to Amari Cooper to get the first down. It was, like, third and eight. And I was just, like, super frustrated because I was like, you know, you know, you could have stopped that. Like, what the heck? I mean, I know Amari Cooper is really good, but, like, come on, guys, what are you doing? There were points where it really frustrated me, but obviously the highlight of the defense definitely was that, you know, that line. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, T.J. Watt just going in. I mean, there was just a lot of pressure for Deshaun Watson. Felt like he was running a lot. I really liked what I saw. Um, obviously there was that controversial thing at the end where, um, Joey Porter Jr. looked like he might've been, you know, causing some pass interference and all that stuff. A lot of people were complaining about that. Um, personally, from my perspective, I don't really know how it really interfered too much because the ball was going out of bounds. So even if Joey Porter hadn't interfered, I don't think Amari Cooper would have, or I don't know if it was Amari Cooper, which receiver it was. I just keep saying Cooper because he was pretty big part of the game, but, um, I don't know if he would have physically been able to catch the ball. I mean, there is a chance he could have, but I feel like even with it, I mean, it's really hard to really justify 
oh, that is definitely pass interference because the ball was already kind of going out of bounds. So if he would have caught it, he might have only gotten a foot in. But if it was more or less like a, you know, like a fade down the line and Joey Porter would have interfered and they wouldn't have called that, I would have been like, yeah, that's absolutely. But kind of a weird call there. But I know a lot of just people in general, not necessarily Browns fans or anybody, but there were a lot of comments on it. But um, yeah, I mean, I was pretty impressed with the defense. It shows a lot of promise, but now we just got to get this offense back in order because like I said before, I mean, the defense is great. Um, I think everything is looking good. A little concerned after week one, but I think they really got their sea legs back in it. So really shows a lot of promise going into week three, but obviously still, you know, some concern on the offense when, you know, Kenny Pickett threw an interception really early in the game and as well as throwing that uh, beautiful, beautiful pass to George Pickens. But obviously it was <laughs> mostly George Pickens that finished it off. So give a lot of credit to George Pickens. Um, I don't really know where to go from here with the Steelers when it comes to the offense. I mean, obviously I can say that all these games coming up are pretty, you know, pretty confident of wins. Like I think we play Houston coming up and some other not so great teams, but I mean, nonetheless, you know, I, I have the hope that we can win, but obviously, you know, you still have that wonder there if, you know, Pickett has a bad game or the offense is just not performing up to par. It really shows some concern. So I'm hoping that next week is a bounce back or this coming week, I should say, but you know, still a little concerned, but I definitely think that at the end of this season, regardless of what our record is and wherever we finish, I really think Matt Canada needs to go. I, I really do. I, I think I think it just needs a new scheme. I think the I think the defense is fine. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily fire the defensive coordinator. I think he's doing okay, but I would definitely consider firing Matt Canada. I mean, obviously, many of Steeler fans will agree with me on that, but I think it just might be time for a change. Nothing against the guy because I'm sure he's a very nice guy in person, but I think it's just time for a little bit of a scheme change because we really need to get this offense rolling with such a gem of a defense and the studs on offense that have all the potential in the world to just only be producing on defense. You know, we could have a really like stud of a caliber of a Steelers team right now, but there's just something missing. And I think it starts with the coaching. So maybe not Mike Tomlin, but I think it is maybe a coordinator. So what are you concerned at all by the run defense? For the Steelers, because Nick Chubb, while he was still playing, seemed like he had a lot of really good runs come out. Um, I thought for sure I was going to win fantasy. I lost by four yards due to a combination of Nick Chubb and Brees Hall. Um, Brees mm. Hall only had nine yards, and he actually at one point did have the four yards I needed, but lost them on a screen pass. So, yeah, we're doing great in fantasy, but um, Cam Hayward's out. That run defense may not be as strong as what it would usually be. Um, I don't. I don't know. Is that a concern for you going on the rest of the season? Yeah, I would say yes, just because. I mean, obviously, there's some teams that don't have the strongest of running backs. I mean, obviously, you know, there's some teams. You know, with these last two weeks, obviously, we had to deal with Christian McCaffrey and you know Nick Chubb, and even when Nick Chubb went out, I mean, Jerome Ford was still you know causing us a lot of issues. So I think our our run defense is, is struggling, but I, I think our pass defense is, you know, like that pass rush is pretty good, but it does, it does give me a little bit of concern because I don't know how these holes keep opening up on defense. You know, it, it does make me, you know, stress out a little bit because, you know, obviously running is a big part of, you know, a football game 
and a lot of these teams coming up the next couple of weeks, not all of them, but a lot of them will take advantage of the run. I mean, even Baltimore, I mean, you know, if you can't stop Deshaun Watson from running, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to be running all over the place. You have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, who I think Justin, uh, Justice Hill might not play this week now, but nonetheless, you know, it still opens a lot of um, room up, you know, and, you know, they could maybe not necessarily have to pass too much. They might just, like, pound the the runs i mean obviously we did get some stops i mean it's not like we didn't get some stops but there was a lot of holes open on third down where it'd be like third and eight and then they would run the ball and nick chubb would just like drill through or one of these players would run a screen pass and we just couldn't stop them from running it was it was kind of ridiculous at points but yes that is that is some some sort of concern but i'm hoping that over the next couple of weeks they work on that because everything else is pretty solid from my understanding and from what i've seen but the offense is I just keep mentioning the offense because that is my main concern. Because okay. like I feel like the defense can be tweaked. I feel like things in the defense can be worked out. San Francisco, I feel like that was just a that was a weird game, and they're, they're a very good team, and I don't think we were prepared for it. And there's a lot of issues with that game. This week, the defense showed so much more improvement, and I think now we just got to tweak that run defense, and then maybe we'll be an even better solid defense. But in order for that defense to really shine need to cook on offense so so moving on from monday night football kind of a segue i mean, I mean, I mean unless you want to talk about the saints and panthers i don't know if no, that was no like I, for you. I forgot about <laughs> i honestly forgot about that game altogether um like i mentioned in the water cooler video the big storyline from that game was just how mediocre the play was i went back and watched the whole game and I uh, rewatched it on Tuesday because I had to wake up early for work Tuesday morning. And I watched it after work. And, yeah, there just wasn't a lot. We talked about how we didn't expect it to be a big game. Uh, Bryce Young may, might have a breakout. He didn't. There wasn't anything where I was just like, man, I want to talk about this. Derek Carr in a Saints jersey is still weird. But uh, other than that, I think we can just go right into talking about the Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's injury led to some vacancies on the Browns uh, roster, obviously. And people are wondering if this is the end of Nick Chubb's career. I mean, he's kind of getting to that end of uh, running back shelf life of, say, five, six years is usually what people give him and he was a 2018 rookie now he's got this injury for the second time in his life um not great so as soon as he got injured it was immediately speculated that kareem hunt was going to be signed by the cleveland browns they're going to bring him back in hunt went to a few other teams uh in the offseason uh such as the colts a deal was never struck so he was signed to the cleveland browns today I believe a $4 million guaranteed deal one year. Um, I, I think this is a sign signing of insu- running back insurance. I don't think he's going to be the running back one in uh, Cleveland. I think Jerome Ford has earned that role until he loses it. Uh, he now the thing is I mentioned, I've mentioned that I think Jerome Ford is the running back one. I think people are scared just because they don't know his name. He's been in Cleveland for, this is his second season. Uh, He's a 2022 rookie. He had eight attempts all last year. Uh, He got 12 yards. So 
Not not a whole lot that we saw from him last year. But this year already he has 31 attempts for 142 yards. 106 of those came against Pittsburgh. So uh, he had a 6.6 average uh, on those runs. So definitely great. I don't think he has the size of Nick Chubb. He's a little smaller. His legs aren't as strong because Nick Chubb is just a tank. What I do think Jerome Ford has over Nick Chubb is I think he's a little quicker, and I think he could possibly sneak in those holes a little easier, and he could be a bit more elusive than what Nick Chubb could be. And then Kareem Hunt will be that big third down back if they need him to be. Um, what do you kind of think the situation is going to look like? Do you hate the Nick the Kareem Hunt signing? Do you like Jerome Ford? What's I mean, I really like Jerome Ford. I think, I mean, obviously he ran a muck on us, so obviously I don't like him. But I, I like him in a good way. I, I think um, I, I think that he has a lot of promise, and I think he really is going to secure that role in Cleveland with Nick Chubb being out for the rest of the season. I think that, you know, he shows a lot of promise. As you said, he's not as big as Nick Chubb, but he was, like I said, running a muck all over Pittsburgh with that, you know, rush of a you know we can't really stop anybody on the rush you know going into week three um they're going to be playing the tennessee titans i believe so that'll be interesting to see how they do with tennessee i mean i'm assuming that jerome ford will be you know pretty pretty solid going into that game as for kareem hunt i kind of expected it to come now that nick chubb is out i really was expecting them to sign it was just a matter of time and sure enough he did get signed so with that said, I mean, obviously, I think Kareem Hunt's just going to be that, like you said, that insurance. I think he might be used as like a third down back at points, like maybe on a third and one, you might have Kareem Hunt, you know, push through. I mean, obviously, he's a lot older than, you know, Jerome Ford and like a lot of these other running backs that are in the game still. So, I mean, obviously, they're not going to want to put him as running back one if they don't have to, and they probably won't. So, I don't really see Ford losing that spot. But I don't hate the uh, Kareem Hunt signing. I mean, it might be better than, you know, getting some random guy off the streets. I mean, you've already worked with Kareem Hunt for multiple years now, so you kind of know what his playing style is like. So I do think it, it was smart. And like you said, it's just insurance until next year. And if Nick Chubb never plays again, then you can go forth in either signing a running back in free agency or making a trade or even drafting a new running back, maybe like in the later rounds if you really think Jerome Ford's going to be the next big guy, which I do have hopes that he ends up you know, securing that slot, but we have to see a little bit more from him because we haven't really seen too much from him just yet. Yeah, so like you said, Kareem Hunt's been with the team for a while. He's a he was drafted a year before Nick Chubb in uh, twenty seventeen. So I'm not sure that we're really worried about the youth here. Um, but Jerome Ford definitely has the youth in the running back room right now. Well, I mean, you did mention the shelf life, so I was just, yeah, yeah, no, the, the shelf. Shel- that's, that's a good point. People bring that so, up all the time. So, uh, they brought it up about year, Zeke. Yeah. Derek Henry's 2016. And one of the things people were always saying about Nick Chubb was his longevity. He, he doesn't look like he was drafted in 2018. He looks like he was drafted this year. He's still going, he was still going strong. Um, that it's rare to have running backs like that. So, obviously not a great situation for the Cleveland Browns, but I think that Jerome Ford will help them make the most of it, and he will be a running back one. You mentioned the Browns next year possibly going after a trade. Well, we had a running back trade today, and uh, 
This this one was a, kind of a surprise. I don't really know mm. what they're doing here, uh, but the mm. the Minnesota Vikings traded with the L.A. Rams for a they switched twenty twenty six picks for Cam Akers. So I I don't know why the Vikings felt like they needed Cam Akers unless. Alexander Madison isn't impressive. I'm I have not seen anything from Ty Chandler to make me think that Ty Chandler can't be the RB1 right now because we haven't seen anything from Ty Chandler. I still think and maintain from what I saw in preseason and from what I've seen in the few snaps he's gotten in the regular season that they should give Ty Chandler a chance. I don't think you uh come out here and don't give Ty Chandler a chance and just cut him. I think he'll be picked up. And we tried to interview Ty Chandler, and I got a very nice email back from the Minnesota Vikings, the uh, director of communications, and they, they said he's too busy because it is the uh, it's the regular season, which is completely understandable. I'm just thankful the Vikings actually emailed me back. Um, but we did reach out, try to get an interview. Um, hopefully we can get him on the show one day because I am a big fan of his playing style. Cam Akers is always injured too. So he, he's been in the league since 2020 and I feel like he hasn't really done anything like of note other than win a Super Bowl because he just happened to be on the roster. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Cam Akers is, I don't, like you said, I don't really know what Minnesota's doing. I mean, I will say Madison didn't, hasn't really impressed. A lot of, uh, reports have been saying, you know, He's not really getting those yards in those plays like Dalvin Cook was when he was in in, uh, Minnesota. You know, you kind of expected more from Madison being that running back one since whenever Dalvin Cook would go out with injuries like in years past. You know, Madison would step up and be like a solid running back. So it's kind of shocking to see him not produce on the same level that, you know, he was even producing. Because I remember years like last year and stuff like that where Dalvin Cook would go out with an injury or in years past Dalvin Cook would go out with an injury. And then as soon as you heard about that, Madison would be like projected 16.7 points and would always get like 18 points or like 15. He was always a solid running back to throw in for a week, you know, whenever Dalvin Cook was hurt. Now all of a sudden it just feels like, you know, he had like 13 fantasy points week one and then like 4.9 fantasy points week two. Now I know a lot of people don't like when I bring up the fantasy points, but the reason I bring up the fantasy points, the reason that we talk about fantasy points is <clears throat> the reason we talk about it is because it does project a lot on their playing value. Because yes, they might be playing good, but if they're not doing well in fantasy, obviously not they're not getting those targets, they're not getting those catches, and especially for running backs, if they have low points, they're probably not doing something right. So in my opinion, Madison hasn't really shown too much promise in fantasy. He hasn't been shown too much on the field, especially with that fumble. You know, there's a lot going on there. Ty Chandler had, I think, two points in fantasy, which is only two points less than Madison did, and he's running back one. So, and with Cam Akers being hurt all the time, I do agree. I mean, in L.A. at one point, I know I, I drafted him in fantasy the one year. Literally didn't do anything. I don't trust Cam Akers. I don't really know what they're doing in in um Minnesota. I was going to say L.A. L.A.'s got it all figured out right now. I'm going to be posting a video about that very shortly here i think ellie's got it all figured out right now it's just going to take a little bit of time um but i think with minnesota i don't really know what they're doing 
maybe they're going to try to use Madison and Akers as like a double running back duo, but I don't know why you wouldn't have just done that with Chandler because, you know, Chandler is, you know, looks, I know, a lot more promising and I don't really expect Ty Chandler to get hurt like Cam Akers is, very injury prone. Uh, Akers reminds me a lot of like a J.K. Dobbins, only, you know, Cam Akers will go out for like six or eight weeks and then come back where J.K. Dobbins tends to be out for giant portions of seasons usually season ending injuries which rust up jk dobbins i hope to see you next year but also if your body can't handle it please please do not force it because we don't want to see that same thing with chubb but nonetheless don't really know what's going on in minnesota there well i guess we'll have to see come this week is cam Akers hurt like because i know he was out for a while is he hurt right uh, now i or are be... they just like not playing him like i don't want to sound like a hater but i honestly wouldn't be surprised if he is hurt um i mean because i know in the first couple like in the first week or two it was like cam Akers was out and i was like this is kind of strange i mean it's really early on i didn't really look too much into it because i don't have i don't really research too much on Akers just because you know i mean he's not really i, I don't want to say relevant like not relevant in a bad way but i don't really think he's like entirely relevant right now i mean there is a chance he could blow up in minnesota but right now he's not really that relevant in fantasy or anything like that rams Rams trade disgruntled Cam Akers to Vikings. Okay, so I'm he not, wasn't playing because he was mad. Uh, I'm not sure that Akers has a right to be disgruntled, if I'm being honest. But um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I like I said, I think I think they've uh, you know I think that Cam Akers train has sailed in L.A. and I think they're gonna move him over to Minnesota. Maybe they'll give him a chance. I'd like to see I mean, which. Maybe it just didn't work in L.A. Maybe Cam Akers pops off in Minnesota. Who knows? I mean, mean, we've seen that a lot, though. We have seen that a lot. Change of locations. We've we've seen players, you know, go from one team to another, and they end up being a better player. I mean, even like – or just like the same player just on a different team. I mean, Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City for like multiple years, was a stud there, and now he's doing great things over in Miami. But – I mean, maybe for Cam Akers, just a little change of scenery might uh might be the uh, difference maker for him. So, yeah. but I mean, I hope for him. You know, I hope that he's not always hurt. You know, I do hope that he does well. But I am kind of upset because he's going to take that opportunity away from Ty Chandler. But nonetheless, we'll see what happens. Ty Chandler, we our podcast hypes up Ty Chandler more than I think any other podcast. So, um, yes, really hope he pans out, but. Yeah, Did, were mean, you referring yeah. were you referring to the comment on the YouTube video about how we need to stop looking at fantasy points and we're just a bunch of red zone pro- prognosticators? Yeah, I was. Okay, actually. that's what I thought. That comment yeah. made me laugh because I was like, I'm too poor to afford red zone. I have to go back and watch everything condensed and hope I don't miss anything. I mean, yeah, and, I, I doubt, yes, I, I doubt do. He's watching, but we miss yeah. stuff sometimes. Well, this isn't ju- this isn't for him. This is just for yeah. everyone in general. I I miss stuff. Chuss misses stuff. We're humans. Also, we are not full time like football analysis people. We I have yeah, I'm not I'm not watching every single game. I can't physically watch every single game. I watch them all, but they're all on the. It's condensed. It's all yeah. Like so, the I mean, there stuff, there is so. things there is things we miss, but. I mean, in, in certain games, like, yes, I will be able to give you an in-depth analysis about the Steelers if you ask me for one. Josh will be able to give you an in-depth analysis about the Cincinnati Bengals. 
But when it's not coming to that and we don't watch some of the games, we just kind of, you know, revert it back to fantasy. And yes, that is, you know, it is important to watch some of these games and know. However, when you're someone like us and when there's a lot of fantasy people out there that play fantasy because a lot of the fan base in the NFL does play fantasy, a lot of times they are going to care a lot about what their fantasy production is because what I've noticed is I'll be like, I'll mention a player, for example, and I'll be like, all right, man, you know, I'll be like, yeah, you know, Najee Harris and my other buddy will be like, you know, Najee Harris sucks. He got me three points in fantasy this week. And I'll be like, dang, all I did was mention Najee Harris. I'm sorry. And like, that is just how the conversation goes. And I mean, that's probably not exactly how it would go, but that is pretty similar to how a lot of conversations go because a lot of people are very fantasy oriented. So that's why, including myself, very fantasy oriented. So that's why I mentioned fantasy points a lot because that's how I base player production is by fantasy points because obviously if somebody's only getting 30 yards rushing and they had a bad game 20 rushes for 40 yards no touchdowns and maybe a fumble yeah they didn't have a good game and their fantasy production shows that because they only got three points so case dismissed yeah i think a t-shirt might come out of that comment thanks thanks for it though like i thought i i enjoyed it like i'm not i'm not mad i'm not trying to call that guy out no i mean this is just explaining for any new viewers thank you for being here um, but this is not our full-time gig yet. That's the dream. Uh, moving on, Chicago Bears. I released a short about this. Put it on YouTube and Instagram. Put it on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, I think the Bears may have had one of the worst media days that I can remember. Um, so this morning you had Justin Fields coming out and he's saying uh, – yeah, we. Uh, the reason I looked so bad was because of the coaching. Um, I have to play so robotic. I can't play the way I want to. Um, then this afternoon, he tried to say, like, okay, that's not – I shouldn't have blamed the coach. I need to take uh, – I need to take credit. And like Dan Orlovsky said on NFL Live today, he, was, he said, like, you need to take credit the first time. You can't say that afterwards. Then, um, after that debacle, uh, you also had uh, the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, like, very randomly. Like, this happened while we were talking. I all of a sudden started getting all these Twitter notifications that Alan Williams was uh, expected to resign for allegations was the first one that I saw, due to allegations. And that was all it said. And then I saw that the Bears facility, the Hallis house, was uh, raided by police. And then they were saying that Peanut Tillman, who used to play for the Bears and is now an FBI agent, was the one who told uh, Iberflus that this was going to be happening. And then they uh, said that, like, like, there was just so much stuff coming at it. And this was one of those things where it was like, I don't know what's true and what isn't. So I was kind of waiting for someone that I trusted to come out and say something um, instead of just like a local reporter. And Ian Rappaport, who I trust as a reporter, he usually does a pretty good job. He came out and said, like, yes, this happened. Um, I don't know what the allegations are, but the Bears facility was never raided. Um, But... They never said that his house wasn't raided, so his house might have been raided. On top of that, um, 
you had a ton of people just vaguely tweeting out like if these if what I'm hearing about these allegations are true then wow like Jordan Schultz tweeted that Kurt Benkert tweeted that like there were a bunch of ESPN personalities tweeting that no one said what the allegations were and the Bears defensive coordinator has now resigned Alan Williams is no longer with the team and he said that he is going to take care of his health and his family so I don't know why he resigned right now. I don't know that anyone knows why he resigned. Um, I don't know if they raided his house. I don't know if anyone knows that. But then, in the middle of all this, Nathan Peterman got cut. Like, the the Bears were like, this was... I turned on my notifications for the... Any tweets that mentioned the Bears... And so, like, I had, like, Alan Williams, Alan Williams, Alan Williams, Nathan Peterman cut, Alan Williams, Alan Williams, Alan And I was like, okay. So, uh, that was the Chicago Bears media day today. Um, what, did, what did you think about all that? Did you see any of that? What? Um, I did. I just... I didn't <laughs> know, know words. I mean, there's just a lot, and I feel like sometimes I just... No comment, I guess. I mean, that that is a lot. I mean, we don't know a whole lot on that situation with the houses being raided and the defensive coordinator stepping down. Justin Fields, first and foremost, needs to take responsibility if he has a bad game, regardless if it's the coaching or not. Let the coaching staff figure that out if the coaching is bad. Don't say, oh, the coaching staff was the reason I was doing bad. You know, if, if you if you want to say that, go say it to another coach that might want to re-sign you, like when you're a free agent at that point, if you don't want to stay with the Bears. I wouldn't say that now, especially like on press coverage or wherever he said it. Um, also, really random that they just kind of cut Nate Peterman in the middle of all of the Chicago Bears nonsense that was happening today. I'm disappointed and very disgruntled. Nate Peterman is a Buffalo Bills legend. And on top of that, he did play for Pitt and he did beat Deshaun Watson. Hail to Pitt, baby. They tried to Nate hide it Peterman. from you. They were trying to make sure. I was you really didn't mad. I was very upset that they released him for no reason. And they just happened to be like, you know what? We're just going to cut Nate, or, Nate Peterman. Like, why? And like, why? I mean, like, it, it made like no sense because it's like, it's week three at this point. The, the, and you're just like, and you're just like, we're going to release Nate Peterman week three. It's like, what, did he cause issues? Was he the reason why Justin <laughs> Fields said this? Like, there, there's just no context on it. It was just like, Nate Peterman was released. It was like, alrighty, I guess. I, I don't know. I just, I found it very, like, random and strange because they didn't really give, like, a reason or an insight because, I mean, who is their backup in, in Chicago right now? I don't, I don't uh, know. Nathan Peterman. Obviously. I mean, I thought Nate Peterman was the third string, so I thought it was like. Uh, I can't, shoot, I, I can't no think idea. of who it would be after Chicago the top of Bears it. Bears death it, chart. This team, this Bears team. I I don't know why there was hype around Justin Fields. I think that there was an unfair hype given to Justin Fields this year. I saw people in the offseason, and we talked about this. People were saying he was going to be the MVP. This was his breakout year. I saw absolutely no indication of that. Then you've got Chase Claypool, who looks like he's like sleepwalking his routes. Um, Levante David called out the Bears for, and he's he plays for the Buccaneers, that... They ran the same screenplay three times in a row, and that was how Shaq Barrett got the pick six to end the game. Have you found okay. Have you found who the Bears' backup um, is yet? Yeah, so this guy, 
Um, hold on. I, I want to figure out a little bit more information on him before I report he, on him. It's just... He is an undrafted 2023 rookie named Tyson Badgent, and he went to Shepherd University in West Virginia, apparently. I didn't even know it was a university. That's why I was so confused. Mm. He's undrafted. I don't really know his co- uh, college stats. Let's see what his... He had finished his college career with a very nice 69% completion average, 17,034 yards, 159 touchdowns, 48 interceptions. He averaged over 300 yards per game in each of his four years starting. Now, where is Shepherd? Is Shepherd University D1? University is D2. <laughs> so it's a D2 college. He's a D2 quarterback. So I knew nothing about this guy at all. He was an undrafted rookie. They're pulling him from Shepherd University. Apparently, it's in West Virginia somewhere. Personally, like I said, I've never heard of it. I don't know this guy at all. This D2 schools, but he blew up in D2. Maybe he'll do well, but he is their backup in Chicago, according to their depth chart, because Nate Peterman is not on the depth chart and shows on ESPN that he is quarterback too. So, very interesting. I don't know what the I, – I don't know what the Bears are doing. I mean, I guess – Because, I, mean, I mean, at that point, Nate Peterman would be like your veteran presence. He's 29. You know, he, he was a 2017 rookie. 2017 rookie so, to the Bears – or the Bills, excuse me. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like it's just very – at that point, kind of strange that you would just kind of just like cut them, you know. Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, it, I don't know. It just feels really random, unless they're trying to make a trade or make an acquisition or something like that. But still, like out of all things, why would you do that today? I don't know who would see this and be really like, random. "I want to go to the Bears." <laughs> yeah, probably not. After all this, yeah, I mean, probably not. And just to reiterate, because again, don't want to add to the misinformation. Hallis Hall was not rated. That was wrong. And I believe Peanut Tillman was also not involved in this. This is just Alan Williams, the defensive, the former defensive coordinator for the the Bears, and his house may have been raided. I do not have confirmation that his house was raided. Then you just also have Justin Fields and his coaches, and then the Buccaneers pointing out that they ran the same play three times in a row. So, not a great look for the Chicago Bears. Um, Luckily, though, they don't have to play in Thursday Night Football, so they'll have a few extra days to recover. Um, We've got the 49ers versus the Giants this week, which, wow. (laughs) Um, This game, I'm I'm just going to say it. Um, 49ers are going to win. I think it's a matter of... How much? And this is one of those instances where I don't think uh, fantasy tells the whole story because Daniel Jones had the most fantasy points this year, this week. I believe he had 30 um, at the quarterback position. However, it was because they got so far behind the Josh Dobbs led Cardinals that they could only pass and Saquon Barkley's ankle got twisted. And so he's not going to be able to play. Uh, He's already been ruled out. So, we're going to have a pass-heavy Giants offense and a questionable defense, and hope it no. works out, I guess. No, I, I I don't think the Giants are going to win. I'm sorry. Um, after that performance against the Arizona Cardinals, who the Arizona Cardinals were projected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL 
this year. You win 31-28. You know, that's kind of not good. Joe was kind happy. Joe I mean, was happy I mean, up hey, until they know. lost. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, go figure. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, one of the worst teams in the NFL projected, just might have finished one and one after that game. And then at that point, you would have been talking about how bad the Giants are. Because at that point, it's like the Giants put up zero points in week one and then now lose to the Arizona Cardinals. But they didn't. They did win. But now they versus the 49ers team. Yeah, they barely won. Now they versus the 49ers team that did not show any mercy against the Pittsburgh Steelers week one, and they had a very close battle with LA week two. And the thing about it is that the LA Rams, like I've mentioned, you know, as we've mentioned before and, you know, earlier in the podcast and stuff, I'm really high on the LA Rams this year. I think there's a lot of improvement to be shown there um, as long as they don't get plagued with any more injuries. So for them to have that close of a game, you know, obviously they're all kind of, you know, I'm, you know, they're that division rival thing too up over there. Um, so, I mean, in the end, I mean, obviously it was going to be a close game, but I mean, they had a very close game with a divisional rival and on top of that, they had a really close game with a team that is on more than likely on the up and up. So going into week three, (laughs) I can't see the giants winning this game, even if it's at home because they are at home, right? Or they're, are they away? They have to be away because I don't think it matters. I can't remember, I mean, but 49er or Thursday night football. I mean, poor you Daniel know. Jones. The not, dude, not dude got gosh, beat. He got murdered yeah. by the Cowboys week one. Then he got kind of a bye week week two, but he lost his running yeah, they, back week three. He's got to go against the 49ers defense. Yeah. At 49ers. They're it's, not, I'm sorry, but they can't win. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what the score would be to start. Um, I'm just going to throw out a number here. I think it's going to be, 31-17. I'm gonna, that might be just very considerate. I'm going to go like 46. <laughs> okay. To 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they get a touchdown yeah, and a field I, goal. <laughs> honestly, actually, I've changed mine from 31-17 31-10. Didn't they beat you um, guys 30? Decided... <laughs> Didn't they beat you guys 39-0? No, no, we scored a touchdown. Did you score? Okay. Yeah, we scored. We scored. Pat Fryermuth got the tutty. But, yeah, so if we can't score – I mean, granted, we, we did not. We don't have a really good offense. But I, I, I think the 49ers are going to shut down that that offense too. So I think it's going to end up being like – probably going to be like a 31-10. <laughs> I mean, maybe 38-10. But 40, 46 might even be logical. Heck, at this point, they could throw up 55 points and win 55-14. I, you I guys have a run game though. Your semblance of a run game. They, Something the like Giants that. are throwing Matt Breida out there. Matt Breida. Matt Breida. Let's go. Matt Breida. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Daniel Jones, hey, you know what? Matt he Breida. Might, he might surprise. He might surprise. Maybe Matt Breida will surprise this week. It's not going to lead them to a win, but I can tell you what. Maybe maybe he'll surprise this week. Maybe uh, he'll be the next running back in the New York for like a year because he is – how old is that guy? That guy's got to be a little older up there. He's got to be up there in age. Let me let me look up Matt He's got to be in his third – I want to – Matt Breida is 28. 28. Wow, he is – I mean, he's still his shelf life's getting up there, but geez, Louise, man, there's no, not a chance would I, honestly, this, I mean, if the Giants come out and surprise, by all means, geez, Louise, thank you for all the trashing, but goodness gracious, please, guys, if if you're gonna make a bet, you might want to just not place on the Giants this week because probably gonna lose money, but hey, you could have huge, 
you could have huge um, income if you if you put like ten bucks on it. I, I don't know how much you're gonna put on a parlay, but I'm not putting. You're not gonna have any income because the Giants aren't gonna win. I, I really doubt Christian it. McCaffrey's hey, you know, gonna have fun. Brock Purdy's gonna have some fun. I mean, I mean, you could cl- you could clip this right now, and everyone's gonna be like, uh, "Watch the Giants win." And it's going to be like, oh, we showed them. We proved to them. And it's going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. But, I mean, listen, I, on paper, they do not look like a good team. They do not look like a team that should beat the San Francisco 49 They don't look like a good team on paper on on anything. Nonetheless, so at that point, there is no reason why they should win on Thursday Night Football. Unless unless something tragic happens and Brock Purdy and – but even then, if Brock Purdy goes down, they still have what? They still have Sammy, uh, Sammy D over there. Big Darnold. <laughs> They still got so I, I think they'll be fine regardless. So, but nonetheless, and they've already shown that they're willing to put Christian McCaffrey in at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, at that point, you could throw George Kittle in there too. So, yeah, just see, t- do some tryouts. So, but yeah, San Francisco all the way this week. Probably going to be more than fourteen points of a win. I got what did I say? Like forty-nine to ten. You said forty-six. To forty-six 10. to ten. Okay. Yeah, something like that. You're like 46 to like 10. I, I changed my answer to 31-10 just because I can't see them getting two touchdowns. I can't either, but so. that's our Amazon Prime Thursday night football game. Yeah. Woo. Thursday night football. But at least you get free shipping. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you get prime discount. Yeah, we are not sponsored by Amazon, but if you do buy Prime to watch Thursday Night Football, you do get free shipping on a lot of items. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, that's going to be it for today's show, I think. So uh, thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, pre- please, I cannot talk tonight. Jeez. Woo. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are NoButts underscore show on Instagram and NoButts show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore butts underscore 2001. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at BoltMoosePodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. I have a new shirt design in my head that I hinted at during the show. So uh, see if you can catch that maybe i might have actually just explicitly said it anyway but uh once again if you enjoyed today's show like comment and subscribe until next time go do something nice for someone